Welcome to Hope for the Home. Here at Faith Baptist Church, we take the home very seriously. We believe that God's Word will give us just what we need to heal, to build, to encourage, and to strengthen our families. On this new podcast, you'll hear various speakers bring their personal lives and the Word of God together and apply these truths to dating, marriage, training of our children, even growing old together. I'm sure you'll enjoy these messages based on the Word of God. There will be new messages every week, and it's our prayer that these messages will bring you hope for the home. We continue our discussion of the Song of Solomon in the context of how husbands and wives ought to treat each other. Open your Bibles to the Song of Solomon, chapter number 3. We have taught chapters 1 and 2. Tonight, I plan to go down through the first old five or six verses of chapter number 3. I'm going to read for you now, verses 1 through 5, Song of Solomon, chapter 3. Before I read, let me say this. You understand that there may be some typical teaching here. There may be that the the relationship between the bride and the groom uh, would have some kind of of typical teaching as concerning the relationship of Christ and his people. Now, we don't know that's true. It's a dangerous thing to play around too much with types. The only way you can know that something in the Old Testament is a type of, of Jesus is if there's a New Testament reference to it. For example, we know that the serpent in the wilderness was the symbol of Jesus because it says so in John 3.14. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so much the Son of Man lifted up, that who shall believe in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And then on the verse 16, John 3.16. We know that's the type. Likewise, we know that it's the type of Jesus in his death, burial, and resurrection when Jonah went down into the belly of the, of the fish. Because the Bible says in Matthew chapter 12, as he was not the uh, of the fish three days and three nights, even so much the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth three days and three nights. We know that according to Hebrews that the tabernacle is a figure of the, of the heavenly tabernacle. But I cannot tell you that the Song of Solomon is a type of Jesus and his people. Uh, it, there, there may be something there. I don't know. Since the Bible doesn't say it, I don't say it. But uh, we may get to heaven and find out there's a type there. So the main thing I want you to get about the Song of Solomon is not a doctrinal thing. I want you to learn how to behave yourself towards your wife and towards your husband. And that's what I'm teaching. Now in the first verse, it's the Song of Solomon, chapter 3. By night, on my bed, I sought him whom my soul loveth. I sought him, but I found him not. He, the, the, her husband had been gone, gone. I will rise now and go about the city and the streets and in the broadways. Streets meaning neighborhoods, broadways meaning the downtown busy streets. I will seek him whom my soul loveth. I sought him, but I found him not. The watchman that go about the city, that's the policeman. The watchman that go about the city found me. To whom I said, Saw ye him whom my soul loveth? It was but a little, little that I passed from them, but I found him, but I found him whom my soul loveth. I held him and would not let him go until I had brought him into my mother's house. She must have mad at him. She was taking him to see his mother-in-law. 
There are a few things in the Bible I don't agree with, folks. And uh, into the chamber of her that conceived me. I charge you, O ye daughters of Jerusalem, by the rose and by the hinds of the field, that ye stir not up, nor wake my love till he please. We'll spend most of our time on these five verses tonight. Our Heavenly Father, these are precious verses, and I'm afraid that most of the theologians are have gone down so deep trying to find what's not here. They've totally bypassed what is here. Here is a young bride and a young groom that love each other and treat each other as they ought to be treated and uh, help us to get the simplicity and yet the simple profundity of this teaching. In Jesus' name, amen. And now, Holy Father, we come to the Holy Book to discuss a holy relationship. Bless us as we do, please. Amen. Let me, before I start off on this passage tonight, first, are you too warm tonight? Are you kind of, how many are comfortable? Did you raise your hand? How many are too warm? Too cool? All right, looks like we're about half too hot, half too cold. Nobody's just right. And uh, that's scriptural. Um... There are several theories about the Song of Solomon, and this is by this is way of you. The one that most Bible teachers believe in, I believe, is what we call the Shepherd's Theory. And I'll not go into it deeply except to give you a little outline of it. The Shepherd's Theory simply says that there was a young lady who was in love with the shepherd lad. And uh, this shepherd lad was in love with her. They married each other. But somewhere in there, either in the courtship or after marriage, somewhere in there, Solomon saw this beautiful young lady. And uh, he wanted her for his harem. He came to her and asked her if she would marry him, the king now, if she would marry him. And she said, no, I'm in love with my shepherd boy. But Solomon said, you don't understand this, what I can do for you. I'll bring you to the palace and you'll be my wife. She said, doesn't matter. I'm in love with my shepherd boy. He said, now, well, wait a minute now. I, I can give you the finest wardrobe in the entire land. She said, doesn't matter. they wear what I have and be my shepherd boy. Solomon said, I, I understand it. I can give you the finest jewelry and the finest of everything, the finest house, the finest furnishings. Finest of everything, she said, I'd rather have my shepherd boy. Now, if there is a type here, it's a picture of Jesus, the good shepherd. And the devil comes and says, I'll give you a lot of, a lot of, a lot of things, but I'd rather have Jesus than anything. And uh, if there's a type, that's what the type is. But that's not what we're studying about. We're studying about how a husband and wife should treat each other. Our country is falling apart because of the deterioration of, of the home. No doubt about it. And the home is deteriorating because of the deterioration of marriage. Now, we've been discussing, this is the fourth lesson I think we've had, we've been discussing the proper relationship that a husband and wife should have with each other as we find the kind of relationship that this shepherd lad had with his, his bride, this beautiful uh, Shunammite girl. Now, in the third, in the in the uh, third chapter, 
of the Song of Solomon. We start off, and I want you to notice, uh, I want you to use your Bibles with me tonight because we're going to read uh, these verses several times with a different thought. I want you to notice the first thing is that the love between a husband and wife should be first a soul love. Look at verse 1. By night on my bed I sought him whom my soul lover. Now, wait a minute. She didn't say I sought him that turns me on. She didn't say I sought him that really is cute. She didn't say I sought him that really is a knockout. No, she said I sought him whom my soul lover. Now, you find the same statement in verse number 2. It says, I will rise now and go about the city and the streets and the broadways, and I will seek him whom my soul loveth. That is again. Look at verse 3. The watchmen that go about the city found me, to whom I said, Saw ye him whom my soul loveth? Now, in every one of these first three verses, and included in verse 4, the same statement, look at verse 4. It was but a little that I passed from them, that, but I found him whom my soul loveth. Now look at me and let me talk to you about that for a minute. Young people, I wish you'd listen carefully. College students, I wish you'd listen carefully. Before you ever love anybody physically or romantically, you ought to be in love with their soul. Uh, Solomon, the, 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 uh, the young lady said in the Song of Solomon, him, who, I saw him whom my soul loveth. Now, I want to say this, and follow me very carefully, and don't be, don't, don't, don't uh, giggle about this or snicker. Physical love should not be able to function alone. Let me say it again. And I'm going to define it a little bit more clearly later. Physical love should not be able to function alone. I'm saying the thing, and, and oh, I don't know how to word this. The thing that stirs you physically for physical romance should first be an attraction to the soul of that person. The physical love should get permission from the soul. Nobody has a right to love physically that doesn't love in the soul. And before physical love is enjoyed between a husband and wife, there should be a, a uh, purchase order, as it were, a permission slip signed by the soul saying it's okay now. This whole world is so sick. Uh, it's just so sick of lust and sensuality. And uh, you look at a, 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 a woman half clothed and not clothed at all, and, 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 uh, and, and boy, that really stirs you physically. Well, that's not Bible love. The thing that God wants us to do is not to allow ourselves to be attracted physically for romance until the soul gives permission for that romance to take place. Now, we've, we've seen four times, four times, who my soul lover. Now, that's not as deep as, as you think it is. Let me explain what I mean. There are three parts of a, of, of, a, of a person. Man was made in the image of God, God being Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Now, stand straight, look this way, and listen to me now. Man, likewise, was made a threefold creature. You're looking tonight at a body. You are listening to a soul. 
And you, I, I, today I fellowship with God through my spirit. So my body is that which you see. My soul is that which enables me to communicate with you. My spirit is that which enables me to communicate with God. Now what it really means here, and, and this is, uh, this is I, I wish I could make it more spiritual, but, but this is what it means. It means you shouldn't love anybody till you like them. That's exactly what it means. It means the first attraction ought not to be physical attraction. It ought to be personality attraction and character attraction. So when this little lady said, whom my soul loveth, what she's saying is, I like the guy. It's no, it's no big, giant kind of a spooky thing. It simply says, I like him. I am, am attracted to him, his personality. I'm attracted to his character. I'm attracted to what he is, not what he looks like or what she is. And not what she looks like. Now, I will tell you something. We, fundamental Baptists, have fallen prey to the world's concept. For example, you know I don't like the term falling in love. I don't like that. I like the term jumping in love a lot better. I don't like the term falling in love. But we have, we have, we have absolutely, you, you go to Howell's College and somebody says, well, I like to get her. She sure is cute. You've got a hole in your head big enough to drive a truck through. You'll never have to have brain surgery. I'd like to date her because she's cute. That's as worldly as smoking marijuana. Boy, he's a, he's a dream boat. You have those boats will sink when they get bigger. He's a dream boat. Uh, I'm saying that's carnal. That's as carnal as cursing is. For, now, don't misunderstand me. There's nothing wrong with being attracted to someone's physical beauty. Second. Second. I was reading again in Ezekiel, where it, uh, the Bible says concerning Ezekiel's wife, it says she was the desire of his eyes. Nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with a person, a uh, young man, Wanting to have a, a young lady that, uh, when he looks across the breakfast table, he doesn't have to throw up. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. You heard about the gal that was real ugly, but she could sing, and they, they got married, and woke up the next morning, he looked at her and said, sing quick. Now, uh, I, uh, I, I happen to be married to a beautiful woman, and I'm trust, I trust that you think uh, the same thing. I don't mean that you think I'm married to a beautiful woman, that you think you're married to a beautiful woman. But I, uh, and, and I think Mrs. Hiles is, is a lovely lady. And I'm talking about, I'm talking about she's attractive. But, 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 but that's not the, that's not the first thing. Uh, this gal said four times in chapter 3 verse 1, chapter 3 verse 2, and chapter 3 verse 3, and chapter 3 verse 4, whom my soul loveth. Now, I want you to notice she didn't say whom my spirit loveth. The spirit is that which is born again, the spirit, and that's, that's all right. But this particular statement, she said, I love this guy and what he is. I love his personality. I love his manner. I love his behavior. I love his character. I love what he is. Now, you listen to me. These gals, a lot of them, that are, that are gorgeous creatures, don't look real good with the burned meal in front of them 
in a dirty house that they haven't kept because they've been too busy putting makeup on all day long. They won't look near as good. You know, I like, I like for somebody to come. Okay, we're sitting in my office uh, in the waiting room. We're going to have a wedding. I'm talking to the groom about about the courtship. And the first question I always ask the groom is, when did you first see her? I don't mean there, but when did you first see her? And they'll say, I saw her in the dining hall, or I saw her at school, or I saw her, I was in grade school first time. And then I said, what caused you to feel that she just might be the one? Every once in a while, fellas say, first time I saw her, I knew she was the one. Now, that never impresses me. You never have a careful conversation with her? You know whether she's easy to get along with or not? You know whether she's unselfish or not? You just knew she's the one because you saw her. I'll tell you what I like. And, and this is just an example. But a fellow not long ago said, and, and this has happened often, he said, um, I, I worked on the same bus route with this girl. And I saw how she loved those bus kids. And oftentimes this is said. And I was impressed the way she loved those bus kids and the way she cared for those bus kids. And that was the first thing that impressed me. That's what this is talking about. Whom my soul loveth. I love her gentleness. I love her kindness. I love her unselfishness. I love her manner. I love her demeanor. I don't mean she's getting demeanor all the time either. I, I, I love her demeanor. Uh, some of you guys are about to say amen there for a while. But, uh, uh, but, but that's what, that's what the, that, that she's saying here. My soul loves. And again, it's not a deeply spiritual like my spirit loves. It's not physical like my body loves. It is, it is, I like her. I like him. He, you know, I often say this. Would you want your daughter to date him? Or somebody exactly like him? I don't have any couples I've broken up with that question. <laughs> Almost broke up with the Colston, Miss Colston, with that very question. Would you want your daughter to date someone, or better still, would you want a son like him? Or would you want a daughter like her? Well, boy, I tell you what, I'd just flip every time I see her. It'd be better to flip every time you talk to her. Boy, and I just one look at her and she turns me on. One conversation with her might be better to turn you on. Now, I'll tell you something. I'm not saying you ought to go out and look at somebody as ugly as a mud fence. I'm not saying that at all. Well, I don't know if mud fence is ugly or not. Or this house is ugly as homemade sin. I, 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 I don't know what homemade sin is. But, but I, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying you ought, you ought to marry somebody who's got one tooth and it's three feet long. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying you ought to do that at all. Um, but I, and, and I'm saying... That beauty should be a part of choosing a wife, but it ought to be the second thing on the list. That's all. Well, we're not getting hyper-spiritual here now, saying, uh, fall on your face and beg God to give you the right one. Now, that's a part of it. But that, uh, that's not what this is talking about right here. This gal is saying, I like this fella. 
I like his personality. I like his kindness. I like his behavior. I like his gentleness. I, I, I like his demeanor. I, I like the way he uh, behaves himself in public. He's just the kind of guy that I like. My soul, that which communicates with other people, my soul likes him. My soul loves him. Four times she said that. But, all right, now, what is this soul love? Now, I want to teach you something here. What is this soul love? I'm going to skip over to chapter 4 and verse 9. Look at it, please. Chapter 4 and verse 9. Thou hast ravished my heart, my sister, my spouse. Do you see that? He's calling his bride his sister. You think the guy married his sister? No guy, nobody's that dumb. Nobody more marry a stubborn rascal like that. Uh, no, but he said, my, my sister, my spouse. Look down to verse 12. I thought verse 10. How fair is thy love, my sister, my spouse. Look at verse 12. A garden enclosed is my sister, my spouse. Look at chapter 5 and verse 1. I am coming to my garden, my sister, my spouse. Look at chapter 5 and verse 2. I sleep, but my heart waketh. It is the voice of my beloved that knocketh, saying, Open to me, my sister, my love, my dove. My undefiled. Now, what am I saying here? What is this soul love? Now, hear me carefully. This soul love is a love that starts with her being the kind of a person you'd like to have as a sister. Now, this guy wasn't physically the brother of this gal, nor was she his sister. But they, there, and, and by the way, I want you to notice this. The word sister comes before the word spouse. Every time. Sister is the first word. Four times it's my sister, my spouse. One time it's my sister, my love. So what is it saying here? It is simply saying that you ought to love her like you, like, okay, you ought to choose her on the basis of what kind of qualities that she has that would cause you to want to live in the same house with her. Now let me stop and say this. When it comes to sisters, I, I, I have the best. When it comes to wives, I have the best. But when it comes to sisters, we're talking about sisters right now, I have the best. If I were single, what's that song? I wish I were single again. Uh, I don't wish, I don't wish that, but I'm mean, just, 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 I was just thinking. If, if I were single, I would be I would be attracted by a personality like Earlene Stevens. Sometimes say. Now, Earlene was older than I, 25 years older than I. No, she's eight years my senior. Now, we, uh, when, when she got married, she got married young. I think she was 17 when she got married. 17 or 18. She's out here. Say what I want to. Now, if you'll just leave, I'll just say anything I want to. <laughs> now, if what, what I think he's saying here is that 
you ought to be attracted to somebody that, okay, you, you, you grow up in the same house with your sister. Now, what would you want in a sister? That's what, hey, basically, look at me now, basically, that's what you, you are going to live in the same house with your wife. So he said, I, my soul, she said, my soul loves him, which means I like him. And then he said, she said, uh, uh, he said, she's my, my, I'm like his sister, and he's like my brother. Now, that's what the soul loving is. Now, I want to say this. Don't you marry somebody, fellas, that you wouldn't want for a sister. And don't you marry somebody, girls, that you wouldn't want for a brother. Now, look, if you just can't get along without that pretty face, get a picture of him. Put it on the mantle and marry some guy that's easy to get along with. Who's ugly as mud fence what my daughter Cindy did. Well, not a fence, just one rail in the fence, but... So, the, 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 uh, that lady said, my soul loves him, in verse 1 of chapter 3. Next verse, whom my soul loveth. Verse 2, verse 3, my soul loveth. Verse 4, my soul loveth. And then enlarging on that just a little bit, says, she's like my sister. So, get the order, sister and then spouse, not spouse and sister. Choose somebody that is pleasant to be with, somebody that's not selfish, somebody that's not always thinking about herself or himself. Somebody who's unselfish, somebody who's kind, somebody who's gentle, somebody who has manners. Well, let me just be quite frank with you, girls. Uh, check and see if, uh, he let you, if, if, he, if he let you go first. I see some of you folks coming across the, from, from, get out of your cars. And the fellow's six feet in front of his wife. She's tagging along behind. Chester's carrying four kids. Plus the diaper bag. Now, 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 look, how does he, how does he, by the way, you might check and see how he treats his sister. Because after he's lived with you a while, that's the way he's going to treat you. And you better find out how she treats her brother. Because after you've been married for a while, that's probably the way she's going to treat you. So, the, uh, <laughs> the soul love should come before the physical love, and the lack should come before the passionate love, and the sister love should come before the spouse love. Now look at verse, uh, chapter 5 and verse 16. Throws more light <clears throat> on, the, on this soul loving. His mouth is most sweet. Now nothing wrong with that. She's saying, I like kissing. Kissing's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful thing. And I'd like to say to you, Howells Anderson College students, we're going to start letting you kiss each other. I'd like to say it, but I'm not going to say it. I'd just like to say it. But nothing wrong with that. When you're married, nothing wrong with it. It's amazing. Couples get married up here and they, and they kiss for the first time up here. And, and, and they really 
they, they really just, it, it, you know, it, it's really embarrassing. Makes you want to, makes you want to make them rehearse. I mean, it really does. Here's this beautiful ceremony and the candles are lovely and the flowers are beautiful and the music is beautiful. All the attendants in there and all, everything looks, looks so formal. And the kiss looks like a couple of three-year-old kids. But here's something very interesting. <clears throat> they, they kiss, they walk out that aisle. I'll get a plan of salvation or something at the end of the wedding, and they're out there about ten minutes. When they come back in, have you ever noticed how they have learned how to kiss? I mean, that 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 uh, that uh, reenacting the ceremony kiss is a booger, I'll tell you for sure. So I'm not against kissing. It says his mouth is most sweet. Yea, he is altogether lovely. Now, good looking. Nothing wrong with that. I get this now. This is my beloved, and this is my friend. What is it? What is it that soul love? Have you seen him whom my soul loveth? Next verse. I'm seeking him whom my soul loveth. Next verse. Have you seen him whom my soul loveth? Where is him who's my soul lover? And what is that soul love? That soul love is lacking in. It is a, a, a prop, it's kind of love that a brother and a sister should, should want for each other that develops into the romantic love and it must be built on friendship. <laughs> your best friend ought to be your wife. And your best friend ought to be your husband. I'm saying, if you do not listen, some of you gals and guys, you sit out to send out to college and high school, and you're always fussing at each other and fuming at each other, and she's she's in a good mood if her hair is pretty, which means she's never in a good mood. But if I own a, that, that I've never been in a good mood if my hair is pretty. But but I want to say that 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 you better be sure that you're friends. Now then, I want you to notice something else. Look at verse 1 again, please. By, of chapter 3. By night on my bed, I sought him. Now what does it mean? <laughs> that means she thought of him when she was alone. While she was in bed, he was gone. While she was in bed, her mind was on him. Her mind wasn't watching some whore on television. Her mind wasn't watching some stupid soap opera or some sorry satanic talk show. She was laying in bed thinking about him. And then it said, I saw him whom my soul loved. Now I want you to notice this. I will rise now and go about the city in the streets, in the broadways, and I will seek him whom my soul loved. Okay. She goes knocks on the door. She says, have you seen him whom my soul lover? How would you feel if somebody knocked on your door? Well, who does your soul love, dummy? She, no, she didn't even call his name. She, she, she told these perfect strangers that she was loved it. She was in love. <laughs> she told these perfect strangers. She said, uh, my, my soul loves this fella. Have you seen him my soul loves? Everybody who loves somebody ought to be, a, should be already telling folks they love each other. Let folks know about it. Oh, yes, they brother, high house. 
<laughs> it's disgusting. Well, disgust people then. She, she, in the streets and the broadways, I will seek him in my soul. I love verse 3. The watchman. That's the policeman. <laughs> she walked up to the policeman and said, have you seen him in my soul, lover? Well, how did he know? She just wanted him to want the policeman to know that she loved this guy. You know what? Everybody in town ought to know you love your husband. And you ought to broadcast it. She broadcast it in the streets, the broadways, told the police department. <laughs> she loved the guy whom I so love it. Look down to verse number four. It was but a little, little that I passed from them, and I found him in my soul lover. <laughs> I held him, but not let him go until I brought him to my mother's house and into the chamber that her conceived me. I charge you, O daughters of Jerusalem, by the rose and by the highest of the field, that ye stir not up nor awake my love. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, that she told the neighbors she loved him. She told the people in the streets she loved him. She told the people downtown she loved him. She told the policeman that she loved him, and she told the other ladies in the city that she loved him. Well, <laughs> I just don't believe in being gushy in public. We'll change. Don't misunderstand me. Don't you sit out there and hug each other right now. I'm not talking about making a fool of yourself at church. I'm talking about holding hands walking down the street. I'm talking about telling people that you know that you love her, that you love it. Let it be known. <laughs> that you love each other. Now, I, I like this very, very much. I, I mentioned the policeman a while ago, the watchman of the city. Okay, look at chapter 5 and verse 7. The watchman that went about the city <coughs> found me. They smote me. <laughs> they wounded me. The keepers of the walls took away my veil from me. I charge you, O daughters of Jerusalem, if you find my beloved, that you tell him that I am sick of love. It means I'm sick of love. It means I'm lovesick. I'm, I'm just absolutely lovesick. Now, what am I saying? I'm saying that she went up down the street. Have you seen him in my soul of it? And the policeman got fed up with it and even stuck her. You know that people ought to be... Ought to be your love for your wife ought to be a little disgusting to everybody. Cindy made a statement not long ago. She said, Mom and Dad are disgusting. That's what we were having a fight. And Cindy said, I saw it. No, we weren't having a laugh when I say that, folks. <laughs> now, the honest truth is, we were on a cruise. I love to see those old people, 70 years old and so forth. I, I, I mean, you'd see an old guy. He, she was holding him up. But they were smooching. I saw couples I knew 85 and 90 years of age. Looked like they were just on a honeymoon. And that's the way it ought to be. His house and I went to Hawaii. We got on the airplane in Atlanta, Georgia, to fly to Hawaii, and the pilot came out and said, Y'all on the honeymoon? I mean, look, I was 69. She was 35. Are y'all on the honeymoon? Five different people asked us if we were on the honeymoon on trip to Hawaii. 
How long has it been since anybody asked you that? When you folks 20 years old, look like you're celebrating your 50th anniversary. Now, what am I saying? I don't know. I, I am saying that though you ought not to be disgusting and certainly ought not to be crude in your expression of your love in public, no people that love each other ought to be ashamed to let people publicly know they love each other. Now, I think it ought to extend into the home, behind the four walls, but I think it also ought to extend out of the home. <laughs> I think there ought to be a public expression of it. I think that people ought to be obvious to people that, that, that you and, 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 and your wife love each other. I, I think there ought to be the holding of hands on occasion. I think there ought to be uh, an, a, a tender embrace, a pat on the back or something. And, and I, I don't think it would be wrong for you ladies to go to the mess and talk about how wonderful your husband is. You, you go to the circle meet. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but uh, you go to the circle meeting. It wouldn't be wrong for, for you to say to your, your, your ladies, you know, I just sitting there thinking, I, I got the best husband in the whole world. Okay, they're just jealous. That's all. This gal said, "He's my best friend. I'm his sister first. My soul loves him." What I'm saying basically is this, and I'll be through. The first thing that ought to attract you about that person is that person's manner of life and way of life. I made this statement, I think I made it last Sunday. Bill Burr, we're... <laughs> and did you get my poem, Ms. Burr? Um, we were flying over to Philippines. And I was writing Miss Howes a poem. And Bill Burr said, would you write my wife a poem for me? <laughs> he said, I'm not a poet. Would you write my wife a poem for me? And I wrote Mrs. Burr a poem. And uh, it was about an evangelist and his wife traveling together and all the miles that traveled and how much he loved her and appreciated her and so forth and so on. And then Bill Burr said this to me. He said this to all of us could hear. He said, if my wife and I were on an island alone, that's all she'd need would be me. He said, I'm fully convinced that my wife would be happy alone on an island just with me. That's Bill Burr talking. That's 300-pound Bill Burr. That's jovial, happy-go-lucky Bill Burr. That's the fellow who, when he was frisked by a man at the Manila airport, he said, do it again. It feels good. Do it again. That's Bill Burr. <laughs> but there wasn't anybody on that trip that wondered what Bill Burr thought about that woman back there. Nobody. He told us how cantankerous that she is at home. 
I'll be honest with you. Anybody on that trip knew that Bill Burr loves that woman back there and that she loves him. And that's what it ought to be. So this gal walked out in the street and said, Hey, have you seen him with my soul lover? Hey, buddy home, have you seen him with my soul lover? Hey, downtown, have you seen him with my soul Hey, you policemen, have you seen him with my soul lover? Hey, all your daughters of Jerusalem, have you seen him with my soul lover? I'd like to think that these little studies will draw you closer together. I got a letter the other day from Ms. Evans thanking me for these studies and, and, and implying that Dr. and Ms. Evans are a little closer. They're not close yet, but they're a little closer than they were because of these studies. <clears throat> They've gotten bicycles now and go bicycle riding together. They quit soul winning, but they're getting close to each other. Now, I don't know whether I'm the guy that made them go bicycle around together or not, but if I had a part in it, I'm so glad about that. That thrills me. That's what I'm trying to get you to do. I'd like for you fellows to go home and discover you got a friend there in the house. I'd like you fellows to go home and realize that if you had a sister, that's exactly the kind of person that you'd like to choose. And you fellows that haven't chosen yet, the first thing you look for is a good sister. Somebody that, that you could live with and wouldn't fuss all the time. Somebody that treats you right. I'd like to think that you look for somebody who's a friend. Friend first, sister second. You don't have to say lover third. It's on the way. It's on the way. I'd like for, to think that through these little discussions that you men and women here or get closer to each other. I, I, I'd, like to, I'd like to think that maybe that's all you'd need is each other. I'd like to think that if you were on an island together, that you'd be happy just with him or just with her. I, I'd like to think that, that, oh, sure, you have other relationships, but I'd like to think that, okay, let's take this word friend again. I've said it before. Friendship is not relationship. Husband-wife is relationship. Brother-sister is relationship. Father-son, mother-daughter, father-daughter, mother-son, those relationships. Friendship is not. Friendship is the mortar that is used of God to hold all relationships together. You're supposed to be a friend to your daughter. Cindy, our, our daughter, on, on our 70th birthday. I ought to read it to you sometime. She wrote the most beautiful poems about that is my buddy, my buddy. We've always been buddies. It's in my office. If you come in there, I'll let you read it. Don't, don't, don't you come in there about thousands to not read that poem. But, but uh, it's in my office. And uh, she's my daughter. But she wrote a poem how that through all, as a little child, as a teenager, and now as an adult, through all the battles we've been through in the ministry, that we've always been buddies. And that's the way it ought to be between the husband and wife. Friendship is that mortar without which every relationship in life will crumble. You'll not have a good relationship with your son or daughter unless you're friends.
You're not having a good relationship with your wife or husband unless you're friends. You're not having a good relationship with your brother or sister unless you're friends. Because friendship is not a relationship. It is the mortar that holds all relationships together. So if, if you and your wife aren't getting along very well, you and the other aren't getting along very well, I wouldn't suggest that you go home and say, okay, let's go to Lover's Lane. Uh, you might go for a miniature golf first. You might take a walk first. You might drive around out in the woods somewhere first and just happen to come to Lover's Lane. It may be that, that, that what you need to do first is become friends and love each other as a brother and as a perfect brother and a perfect sister would love each other. And that friendship, and then you can say, my spouse. But first it said, my sister. She said, whom my soul loveth. I like him. That's what I'm talking about. I like him. I trust that message was an encouragement to you and your family. Hope for the Home is designed to provide information, encouragement, and challenge that our homes would be more pleasing to God. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you won't miss any of the upcoming messages.